When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to 12th Man Rising Seahawks podcast with Kevin Daggett and Lee Vowell. I am Lee. Kevin, how are you? Super. So the Seahawks lost to the Raiders, of course, 47 to 5. Uh, they got that, that. No, I'm just kidding. And the Seahawks totally dominated a horrible the Raiders team. Awful. Um, awful because of injuries. Awful because they just, John Gruden doesn't seem to be know how to coach the team. Uh, this year, maybe still getting used to the personnel that he has, which is not bad personnel, but the offensive line was just, uh, I mean, they so decimated by injury, just horrible. The Seahawks, who have not really had a, a strong pass rush, at least from their defensive line, other than Jaron Reed and Frank Clark, um, and Clark had just a, a beast of a game on Sunday. I mean, I felt bad for the one Raiders defense, or sorry, offensive tackle that he literally pushed with one arm and then sacked the quarterback, causing Derek Carr to fumble. But just what are your takeaways, immediate takeaways from uh, the Seahawks beating the Raiders 27-3 to this past Sunday? I tell you what, they they seem to just have it all together. And I've um, um, you know posted something on a, a Facebook page that said, I'm cautiously optimistic now. I mean, I was pretty pessimistic, uh, you know, the beginning of the season and kind of the, last, the first few games. But, you know, I'm cautiously optimistic. They had they, – they had a – well-rounded game i mean like you said frank clark's just a beast they finally got a pass rush the offensive line i, I don't um you know i'm not hearing jermaine effetti penalty calls and and uh getting smoked by the defensive linemen um the running game's just solid and I, i'm curious i'm curious what was going on at the beginning of the year was pete calling the offense or is pete calling the offense now i mean or it's it's very strange what's going on with that running game now, but um, they just seem to have it all together. So just to let everybody know, when we do this show, I don't we don't really send out notes because we want it to be like free flowing. But that was literally my next note um, that I that I had, <laughs> which is what happened in weeks one and two versus the rest of the season. It's funny because look, I love Pete Carroll. I mean, he's been extremely successful. He's won a Super Bowl. He's gotten back to another one. The Seahawks would not have been as good if they'd been coached by almost any other person who walked the earth during the time he's been in Seattle. But you know, in that in that week two, we we heard that he got in Schottenheimer's ear in that third quarter when uh, against the Bears when they threw six passes on two series and didn't run the ball and Seattle wasn't running the ball at all at that time and he got in Brian Schottenheimer's ear that he wanted to take a shot take a shot quote unquote uh, that you can't see on on podcast um, and it seemed like Schottenheimer tried to take six because he thought that's what Carroll wanted I'm wondering if Carroll just kind of screwed up Brian Schottenheimer those first two weeks you know what I'm, I mean because it's, it's weird because since then they have gotten back to focusing on running the ball and of course, DJ Fluker's come back, and and even though he's never been a Pro Bowl player, he's playing like a Pro Bowl player this year. Um, I mean, he's made a huge difference. But just the play play calling alone, even if Fluker hadn't been in there, I mean, going from 16 runs in the Bears game to what they're doing the last four weeks, and and they could have beat the Rams just by running the ball, and they did it well. 
just doesn't make any sense. No, it is. It's really weird. And it's, I mean, I was serious, but that question is like, who is somebody different calling the plays or I don't, I mean, it's just, it's very strange. I'll tell you what, the defensive backfield, those young guys are stepping up and hitting people and, you know, causing disruptions. And I love Ken Norton Jr. as a defensive coordinator. I mean, it's not, it's not your generic line them up, you know, single coverage man to man defense anymore. So, um, but that's, they put it together, you know, and granted the Raiders aren't that good, but you know, still they're an NFL team and, and, um, uh, you know, they were playing out of the country. So you know, it was a little, little off for both teams, but boy, they sure showed up. Yeah. Gruden made the, the smart move of showing up a day later on Saturday than the Seahawks did. I'm not sure why you would do that to your players when you, I mean, I guess technically you're playing at, was it 6 p.m. to them, but then you have the jet lag. I mean, John Clayton took 48 hours to get there because he didn't want the jet lag. It just seemed kind of stupid. But That's a and, long flight, too. I mean, you're heck not, yeah. it's huge. It's even longer when you lose 27 to 3 coming back, I can imagine. Oh. Uh, I mean, and they just got, I mean, they, they just got beat down they shouldn't have scored at all i mean the, the seahawks scored in the first drive i think that was the first time since the kennedy administration that they'd actually scored on the first <laughs> yeah. and for those keeping track at home the dodgers are about to take a 2-1 lead over the Brewers. but no i mean it's just uh, it just seemed weird that um you know to show up late or to come and fly in late and then the team just wasn't prepared and and i like your point about ken norton jr because you know nothing against chris richard i mean they they produced good numbers with top 10 defenses when he was there but norton seems to have the young guys at least back to where they kind of were in 2012 and 2013 where they would just if you caught the ball over the middle or running down the sidelines they're gonna hammer you mm-hmm. i mean i don't want anybody to ever get injured but amari cooper got a concussion um crap who was in the the rams game that guy got concussed um, yeah there was two guys wasn't there uh, cup and two. uh yeah cup in that the other guy, the other um, guy they got from the Patriots, yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, it's they're 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 hitting you. I mean, if at least if you catch the ball, you're getting hammered. So you know you're going to get hammered. And Trey Flowers and Tedrick Thompson have both done it, you know. And, and Bradley McDougald, I mean, that guy's playing out of his mind. I mean, what a smart yeah. move that was. Not even re-signing him this year, but getting him, you know, before. Um, and and he's replaced Chancellor and honestly hadn't missed a beat. Um, cause he does a few things differently than chancellor. He's not the enforcer quote unquote again, but he does things a little bit more. He's more versatile than, than chancellor and Earl Thomas who, I mean, because you right. know, no offense to Thomas and you know, uh, we, I don't have this in the notes for, because I'm an idiot, but how, how bad is it now to me when I look back on Earl Thomas had to know Paul Allen was sick and had, everybody had to know how close he, he was to passing away. Um, and to, you know, flip the Seahawks sideline off is, is one thing. I mean, that's that's stupid. You shouldn't do yeah. that. I mean, the team's playing you. You're under contract, and they're paying you good money. I'm sorry if you don't get a, you know, you don't have an extension that you want to have. But there's a chance you could if you just, you know, show some class. But then flipping the, the Seahawks sideline off as he leaves the field after an injury. And then with the owner, who was sick already with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, who passed away, dying i mean now you look back on it, it's just like no offense to thomas be kind of a jerk yeah there's a lot of things in life that are <clears throat> hell of a lot bigger than sports and that's you know that's one of them and and he you know he he saved the seahawks when that uh you know whole thing was going down with bearing moving them and 
uh, and it was it was a very unsettling situation. I remember it well when when that all went down, and it was like, wait a minute, what's what's happening to our football team? And you know, packing it up in the middle of the night. Um, I tell you, I tell you a crazy little story. It's funny because I had an an, a, 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 an adult paper out and uh, like a delivered papers at say like three in the morning. And the Seahawks' main office in Kirkland was one of my customers. And I remember driving, <laughs> delivering papers one morning, and there's moving vans in front of that. I'm like, what the hell is going on? And the next thing you know, I hear on the news, they're packing up and moving. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> then you realized you lived in Cleveland. And, uh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> gosh. But I, yeah. I tell you what, you know, the thing about the um, – uh, what was I going to say? The um, uh, you know, there's not if if you watch I've, over the years, defensive people have not. They're they're. I don't think the tackling is near what it used to be 20 years ago. They're just everybody. People aren't. They're arm tackling. They're trying to go for the ball before they tackle people. But the Seahawks defenses have all over the last 10, 12 years have always been tackle first. You know, it's wrap them up and tackle. They're just, it's just great tackling. And I think that's, you know, that's the key, key point to some of these, these defensive guys is they don't, they don't tackle. They, they arm tackle. They, they, uh, um, and, and in their defense, it's a little difficult to tackle sometimes these days with some of the rules, but, um, you know, they tackling is just not what it used to be. No, it's a, a this is a little bit off subject, but you brought it up with tackling and, and you kind of alluded to the fact that you can't hit a quarterback without getting a penalty. And this didn't involve the Seahawks, but it was what, two weeks ago and the Jaguars were playing the Chiefs. They were way down. Um, I mean, the Jaguars were not going to catch up, but the, the Jaguars, Bortles ended up having a 31-yard touchdown run. The, a couple of plays before that, basically he's scrambling, trying to get out of bounds to stop the clock. As he's running out of bounds, I don't know if you've seen this, but he basically gets hit and pushed in the back, and they call roughing the pa- or uh, an intentional roughness or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And it was like, um, well, he gets pushed out of bounds. This is getting silly, and you can't mm-hmm. touch a quarterback. It's ridiculous. So then when he makes that, I don't know if you've seen the touchdown run, but he he runs for 31 yards. He gets near, he gets down to about the seven. He's running down the sidelines, and he's not even really running sprinting. He's just kind of jogging almost. And the defensive players come up to him. They try to tackle him, but they're not hitting him hard because you can tell, hey, if I hit this guy hard, we're getting a penalty on this. So basically they're doing arm tackles that he just kind of pushes off and scores a touchdown. And that's the way the NFL is nowadays. And it's, it's, I mean, you know, how many times have they reviewed when they had, um, not Cooper, when, uh, I think it was, again, the guy from the Patriots, when he got hit against the Seahawks, they had to review the play. Even though it was clear, the guy hit, I mean, you know, he got hit with his shoulder pads, and, and I think it was Cedric Thompson, he hit him with his shoulder pad, and they still reviewed it. And it's like, okay, well, I mean, I understand safety at this point, but when you can see it with your eyes on the field that the guy hit you with the, his shoulder pads, you shouldn't have to spend three minutes reviewing it to see if we're going to, you know, have a 15-yard penalty and, you know, uh, possibly kick this guy out of the game for making a tackle that they're taught to, the way they're supposed to tackle nowadays. And even if they do it right, they're going to get a penalty. It's just ridiculous. Mm, it is. It's but, insane. yeah, I mean, it, it's, yeah. And the Seahawks, they, they still hit hard. They've missed a bunch of tackles even lately. Justin Coleman, 
who's been a you know he needs to be re-signed. He's been great as the as the slot cover guy for the Seahawks, but he's missed a few tackles and and you know Trey Flowers has missed some, Tedrick Thompson has missed some, but but overall, I mean, when they hit you, they hit you, mm-hmm. and they still could have bit they still could have beaten the Rams. I think they learned a lot about themselves during the Rams game because I think. I don't know what the Seahawks. I'm not saying the players didn't expect to win that game. NFL players expect to win every. I would assume most teams would expect to win every game. I don't know how much the fans thought they were gonna to win the game. I didn't think none of us thought that they had a chance. I don't think. No. And they really could have won that game. And I think they it was a loss. But I've never seen a loss, or at least not in a very very long time, where a loss was one of those things where it's like, you know what, we're pretty good. You know, we could actually make the playoffs this season which sounds ridiculous because the team lost so much talent but i think we've both alluded to it you know in previous shows the talent they lost shouldn't have been on the team anymore Uh, the players who are there now a lot of them are young and talented and whether they're as talented as the players they lost i'm not sure but they sure want to show up and play where the other players i don't think did after a while yeah i I agree it's the guys that that left were and it's, you know, I, I blame some of this on Pete Carroll because he, uh, quote unquote, allows people to be themselves. But, you know, some of these guys are pretty vocal in the locker room or, and, and in front of the media and, you know, kind of ran their mouth a little too much. But, um, you know, and they, I think without them there, there's, you know, we're not hearing we're not hearing the stories that we heard the last couple of years with the with the Seahawks. There's not a bunch of, you know, jibber jabber going on about um off the field stuff with them so it's kind of nice so this offensive line actually is you know last few weeks is pretty much a strength as far as Dwayne brown jr sweezy justin Britt, or joey hunt who played well in that one game that Britt missed um you know dj fluker and, and jermaine effetti who you talked about we're not seeing the penalties he's actually playing pretty well the whole offensive line is playing well i mean this this unit I'm not saying it's the best unit in the league, but heck, at this point, it's a lot better off than it has been in five or six years. This is a this is a strength that the team needs to. See. Oh, sounds ridiculous saying this, but it's true. It's a strength that the team needs to use moving forward to even get into that playoff hunt, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I agree. It's it has. They've really stepped it up. And I was uh, talking to a couple buddies of mine, and you know, it's about um, a Fetty not. You know, no, don't hear his name mentioned with penalties and stuff. And my buddy Larson said, I think he thinks uh, Dwayne Brown might have taken him under his wing. And, you know, hopefully. Or the because... fact that Tom Cable's not there anymore and he actually has a real <laughs> line coach in Mike Solari. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that guy. Because <laughs> we'll tell you what. He's done wonders with the Raiders so far this year, too. Yeah, hasn't yeah. he, though? Yeah, he's fantastic. But uh, it's. Uh, it it is amazing, and it's. And I don't know if it just took them some time to gel. You know, you got Fant back there coming in, and um, as an eligible receiver, it seems like every time he comes in, I'm waiting for him to get the ball. One of these times, <laughs> I know. Jump up, that power forward, jump up and catch one over the middle. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to remember who had. It was one of the players on the team that actually had that idea. Try, I don't know if it was Nick Vanette, but he was like, "Yeah, we should put this guy in some point and have him catch a pass because he was a former tight end at Western Kentucky." Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. But, um, yeah, I mean, so Frank Clark's coming up on his, you know, his uh, season where he's going to get paid. Uh, yeah, Yasiel Puig has just knocked in a, another run, so it's 3-1. And the Dodgers have managed to run themselves out of this inning by a bad base running play. But anyway, uh, Frank Clark, uh, uh, you know, 
he needs to be extended. He doesn't need to be able to leave the Seahawks team. I don't think he has proven this year that game in game out. It was funny because Mike Salk made a comment about how he, he didn't play well against the Rams. I'm like, what are you talking about? He, he beat Andrew Whitworth again for a sack. Um, what do you want the guy to do? Um, he can't have three sacks every game, but he really had four and a half sacks. If you, if without the penalties against the Raiders, I mean, he was in the backfield almost every time. He was a beast, two and a half sacks, two forced fumbles, um, three tackles for loss. The problem is with this guy, you know, Earl Thomas isn't going to get paid in Seattle. I don't know what you think about K.J. Wright. They've played pretty well without him. He's in a contract year. Maybe they don't re-sign K.J. Wright, and some of that money that they would use for Wright, and especially all the money they would use for Thomas, should go a long way towards re-signing Frank Clark because, you know, pass rushers, you can – the draft and hold your fingers and cross your fingers and hope that they do really well. You can't really get them in the free agent market because other teams are going to Frank Clark is a no brainer extension. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You got to sign him. I I mean, you gotta, you gotta look real seriously at those, some of those offensive linemen too, that are, you know, the one year deals, but yeah, for sure. Clark's a no Clark is a no brainer because we've, we've struggled with the pass rush. Now we got a pretty good pass rush. I mean, we could use a little bit more help there, but you got to sign them. Yeah, those those Frank, fast edge rushers, you, they're hard to find. Like you said, people pick them up. Yeah, and even when he moves inside, I mean, a guy, he's a freak. He's a physical freak because a guy his size should not have his strength either. And when we saw that, it was just embarrassing when he did to the one guy for the left tackle for the Raiders when he pushes him down and jumps him, literally jumps him, and and – tackle or sacks uh, Derek Carr I think he and Jaron Reed have formed one of the best outside inside combos in the league at this point Jaron Reed's playing his contract thankfully is not up until after 2019 they're gonna have to re- extend him too I mean he's he's playing like a I mean it's crazy how good he's playing four sacks for interior linemen uh, he's grown into his own I mean I think if the Seahawks can find a way to spend the money which they should because that's why you have money this is my concern, though, uh, as far as spending money. Paul Allen has just passed away. He doesn't have a wife. He doesn't have any children. His sister is basically, uh, um, she has she she doesn't want to run the Trailblazers. They're gonna sell they're gonna sell the Trailblazers because she doesn't care about NBA. She might she's a Seahawks fan. Maybe she'll take a rooting interest in the Seahawks. My fear is that you know we saw what happened with the very old uh, ownership in Seattle. Now there's no way the team's leaving because the fans wouldn't allow it to leave, and the fans support the team a lot more than even they did when in the old owner was there when they had forty thousand people showing up. They sell out every game now, even when the team's not great. But my fear is they need to whatever they do with the ownership needs to happen before next off season. Because they're going to have to make some some. In fact, it needs to happen ASAP because extending Clark could happen before the off season. How how yeah. concerned are you that there's the ownership really isn't there for the Seahawks right now? I I don't. I mean, it's always a concern when that stuff happens. I, I think it'll be all right though. I mean, it, it's um, you know when when people have that much money, they usually have some pretty good, pretty smart people around them to help help manage it, and so. You know, hopefully they'll they can you know get it worked out. But yeah, you're right. I mean, it's I there. I don't think the NFL would let them move. They would be right. Yeah. Plus, I think Seattle they're they're in a position where they're gaining they're gaining an NHL team. They're going to gain an NBA team eventually, pretty soon. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, how excited are you that Jerry Jones is going to be the new owner in Seattle? 
I'm just joking. <laughs> God, I, that guy, that guy on the field every damn game. I tell you what, I, I, could, I don't know. I don't know how uh, he's um, let uh, what's his name um, coach that team for. Yeah, I don't know how he's let him coach that team for so long. Yeah, but I feel I bad for Garrett the last two years. I know what you think about. It, it's like your owner. How badly does he have to feel like he's micromanaged? Yeah, his that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So I mean, it's. I don't know. I mean, in such a strange season, we're talking about the Cowboys, and they totally destroyed, um, crap, whoever it was they played, a decent team. And uh, what a weird season this is. The Patriots, I never considered them toast or anything like it, but then they bounced back. And, you know, they, they did something the other team should have done, which is the Chiefs' defense is terrible, and they outscored them basically 43-40. to 40. Um but, man, I mean, there are some beasts in the NFC that, you know, whoever gets to be there for the AFC is is going to have trouble. I mean, this, even if the Saints get there, they look amazing. The Rams look crazy good. I mean, they have so many different ways to beat you, even if the passing game's not working like it was this past Sunday. Todd Gurley runs for over 200 yards, and the defense really has underperformed. I mean, eventually they're probably going to hit, like, all cylinders and— I, I'm, I, the Seahawks aren't going to win the division, but they do have a 47.7% chance of making the playoffs, according to ESPN, which I'll take at this point. They're a half game back out of the wild card, um, six games into the season, and that's not a bad thing to do, especially when you start the season off 0-2 and they're 3-1 three and three and one in their last four. They have a tough schedule coming up, but anything can happen. Uh, you know, they can go to Detroit and beat Detroit after a week's rest. They get KJ right back. Um, they'll get Ed Dixon back. Tyrone swoops of all people had that big gain over the middle. It's just such a strange season. I think the way the offensive line is playing, if they play that well or close to it every week and they've played really well the last four weeks, they're in a the game with everybody, right? Oh yeah, I think so. Especially when you get KJ right back and, and get Dixon back. I mean, because uh, yeah, you, those are, those are big injuries. Um, yeah, I, you know, and re-signing KJ Rod, I think he's he's earned his money. You know, if, if he can stay healthy, is a thing. You know, some of these guys are you know getting injured now, but um, yeah, I, I I think they they got a shot like shot. Like I said, I mean, I'm cautiously optimistic. We'll see. They've played well the last couple of weeks. I, I you know they should have beat the Rams. I really wish that would have happened, but um, that play that timeout call at the end was not. Of course, I'm sitting on my couch but um yeah but but you're sitting on your couch and you're not making millions of dollars to make that decision and you on your couch would have not made that decision so that's right fair enough to say (laughs) so yeah no no game this sunday obviously it's a bye week which is nice for both teams i liked how the nfl actually did that scheduling the raiders and seahawks not that we give a crap about the raiders but it was nice to see both teams get a bye week after the spending that week and in Los Angeles, or Los Angeles, London, because I know that teams have played in London and then come back and, and played the next week, and that's kind of rough. So at least if oh. you have to play overseas, at least you're coming back to a bye week. Yeah, that's that's huge. That's a huge, huge advantage there. Yeah. So three and three, week six, uh, obviously no uh, weeks off after week seven. Um, we've got the Lions, and the, I mean, it's, it's tough. It's a tough schedule. I mean, the Packers, Chargers, get the Rams again. The 49ers haven't fallen off the face of the earth. I mean, they haven't won, but they also haven't played poorly. Um, but, you know, as far as the Packers, they give up a ton of yards on their, on their, you know, against rushing, good rushing teams. That's what the Seahawks are. Um, you know, I don't have any hopes, really, that Seahawks are going to go down to Los Angeles and beat, beat the Rams. 
but they could. I mean, they were in that game, um, and you know they could go on the road and beat Detroit. I think if we're talking about a, and when we do the show after the Lions game in a couple of weeks, that show could go either way. We could see, you know, if that's a win after they beat Detroit. Um, or a loss. And a loss isn't in the season, obviously, by any stretch. Mm-hmm. But a win on the road against Detroit, who's one of the you know playoff contention teams as well. I mean, we're we're pretty giddy if we're on that show, aren't we? Yeah, and I think that's that's a possible win. The you know the only you know Green Bay is a possibility, but also Green Bay has that guy named Aaron Rodgers, and um, he seems to. Uh, he seems to like to win. <laughs> he yeah, seems he to he seems to hate to lose. <laughs> <laughs> he does, but I mean his defense is. I mean, yeah, he he does, and it's tough to go on into Green Bay and win. But you know the the Seahawks may be at this maybe nine wins gets you into the playoffs in the NFC because it's a there's a lot of decent teams. There's some great teams, and then there's some bad teams, but. You know, I think overall there's a lot of teams that are pretty equal. You get an injury here or there, or you know, just some weird play happens in a game that allows you to win. The Seahawks are right in the hunt. And of course, yep. you know, five four weeks from now we could be talking about oh, the Seahawks are stuck at three games, three wins, and we're talking about next year. But you know, they could also win their next three, and it's just like Pete Carroll for you know for as much as people give him a hard time, and we do too, in some ways, um, you know. Overall, he's a, he's a great football coach. He knows how to win. He's a proven winner. He's going to get yep. these young players to buy in. They already have. And the team's going to be in a position, you know, they're going to be better. People who were saying they're going to be 4-12, and 6-10, that was always BS. I mean, come on. The, the team with Russell Wilson as a quarterback, Pete Carroll's as a head coach, and the talent they still have overall was not going to be 6-10. and 10. I think people just wanted to hate on the Seahawks a little bit. Now watch it. They'll go six, six and ten because of whatever, but because <laughs> I just jinxed it. I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl or anything, but but yeah, I mean this this team is, uh, you know, I think it's going to be a team. They're getting healthier. They're going to be a team that's going to be. They could conceivably get better as the season goes on. I've got hopes for this. It's, you know, six weeks in, three and three. I've got good hopes. They could be four and two easily at this point. Yep. So. Yep. Anyway, they could be. Yeah, it could be four and two very easily. I won't ask you for your prediction uh, for uh, Sunday because there's no game. But uh, you know we'll do this do this next week and, and prep for the Lions game. But as always, Kevin has the last two words. Go Hawks! Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.